Welcome back. This is the wild card, wild edition of the Off the Dome podcast uh, with my co-host, Jay-Z Goody, Jordan Goodhart. He personally is on his own bye week with his Tennessee Titans, the number one seed in the AFC. And we have a new logo coming out that he shared on Twitter. Please check. Please be willing to share the, our new logo out on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, Jay-Z Goody is in the flesh, and the King Henry is coming back in two weeks. Yep. Um, the logo, yeah, uh, I've been working on it for a minute now. We've, I've wanted to do it for, like, since we started doing this. Yeah. But it's I've just kind of procrastinated at school and stuff and work. But finally got it done today. Uh, it was actually not supposed to be done until tomorrow. But, you know, things worked out right before the pod happened. So, Everything yeah, check out the new Twitter. Yeah, we got a new Twitter. Everything, big things coming. The Twitter is off underscore the underscore dome underscore. So, or just go on our accounts. We'll have, you could find us following them or tweeting out the Pat McAfee uh, kind of inspired us to do that. It's for the, it's our own for the brand. Shout out it's for the Pat brand. <laughs> for the yep. Um, Former, yeah, it's a big big weekend. Big weekend. weekend. I'm I'm I've never been happier to not watch a Titans game this week. Because, you, you should be you know, when. I mean, the two times they've had buys this week or this year have been great for Titans fans because one of them was coming off of their worst two games. Everyone's injured. Everyone's just like, all right, can we just like chill? Can we not? We, we, we just rest for a week, and then this week everyone's just like, hey, I don't have to stress this week. You know, next week next week the heart rate will be pumping, though, you know. I, I, I can imagine. Um, so, in the meantime, mm-hmm. let's see how your AFC uh, rival does in the wild card. Oh, wait, never mind. Oh, the team that everyone should be afraid of in the, in the playoffs. <laughs> well, no one's going to have to play them in the playoffs. So. <laughs> So, I mean, it was a it was a great Sunday. I mean, the, the Titans, of course, had to give us a heart attack after going up 21 nothing. But Julio Jones made the biggest play of the season for us, you, you, grabbing that last touchdown. You, 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 like, walk it, you like walk it to him wins? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel, feel bad for the guy. He's already – he's, he's going to be a one-and-done there not up in Indianapolis. No, I don't see him. I, All right, anyway, I, 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 yeah. let's – Let's go. Let's do our usual name drop of the day. Let's maybe this will be our only NBA like discussion before we get into strictly football. What's your mm-hmm. name drop of the day? Yeah, my name drop is NBA. I think all of ours have been NBA so far. I don't strictly do NBA on my Twitter, but I guess I've gone NBA on the pod. Um, Rashid Wallace. A legend. Legend. Love Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace. I mean, it just randomly came to my head. I was walking to school today, and I just thought Rashid Wallace. There's a lot of Wallaces. In the ben NBA. Wallace, Gerald, Gerald Wallace. Wallace. I think Gerald Wallace was my name drop like yesterday or something. That's probably player. why I thought of it. Yeah, and then my name drop on Twitter was Dabo Cephalosha. Uh, great one, great one. Yeah. Big role player for the Bulls, mm-hmm. Thunder, and Rocket. Yep. Yeah, he's Good been around. He's bounced around mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name drop is Mike Miller, Memphis Grizzlies. Oh legend, yeah, and one of one of the key shooters during that LeBron Miami run, he would hit threes all over the place. I mostly remember him for shoot making a three while his shoe was off. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's I remember. Yeah. I remember that. And then that actually also just comes to my head. I think like last week, someone on DePaul had their shoe off in the college basketball game and he played like two minutes straight without a shoe. 
because they just didn't call timeout. They didn't foul. There was no whistles, and they just played without a shoe. I mean, that's just, like, dangerous at that point. Like That is dangerous. I, but, I, yeah, I, Mike, I mean, that just shows how good these NBA players are, like Mike Miller being able to make a three with one shoe on, like, how often. One of underappreciated shooters in mm-hmm. the history of basketball. Yeah, now, he definitely is overshadowed. Now let's – now – now that was our only quote unquote NBA talk. Now, now let's get down to business. Yeah, let's get down to business. Today's pod strictly going to just be us previewing every wild card game. This is this is, all, this is what know. I'm so pumped for. It's my favorite time of year. So here we go. This it's is great the, time. Let's talk you know. about the first matchup. These are like what I consider this matchup is the battle of the two most liked teams. I feel like with the Raiders Bengals, like with the Raiders. Mm-hmm with what they've been through all year with the scandal and the wide receiver Suggs and that horrible tragedy and them going four and own overtimes, that amazing, crazy whack out game last week against the Chargers. Oh, that was they, lived up to the they're going up against, they're going up against the red hot Cincinnati Bengals team. And Joe Burrow is first in the league in completion percentage, second in passer rating. Jamar Chase broke literally every rookie record. T. Higgins, <laughs> Tyler Boyd, they're both really good. And then you have Mixon. Oh, he's incredible. And you're – who do you like this game? Who wins? Mm-hmm. I mean, I but this could be – the winner of this game could be the potential Titans opponent. So it's a game that I'm going to be looking forward to watching. So, mm-hmm. And you take notes down during the game. What was that? You're taking notes down during the game. Oh, I'm gonna be pen and pencil or pencil <laughs> and paper. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure Vrabes will too. Vrabes is a he's a studious guy. But uh, the Raiders, uh, they barely get or they barely got in in the craziest game I've seen all year, and they got the five seed. They went from six, barely being in to uh, six seed. No, five. They're the, the five. Oh. Five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Five. Five. Because. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah the Steelers, then the Patriots. Yeah. I because the Patriots lost the Dolphins. I don't. Know. But the Raiders, man, it's such a great story. Like you said, with everything that went on this year, how they got in is unimaginable. Uh, you have to imagine uh, Rick Passaccio. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be back next year. Uh, very questionable for an interim coach to be back the next year, but I think he should. I think the team reacts to him very well. You watch a lot about them and you just see how much they bought into him. And I mean, I'm not saying he's a better coach than John Gruden, but are they in the playoffs with John Gruden right now? I don't know. Um, it's, I think it just brought a fight to them. And I think Derek, it's been another stat. I mean, it's Rick Bisaccio and Zach Taylor's first playoff games as head coaches. And then Derek Carr and Joe Burrow both playing in their first playoff games. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Derek Carr, he didn't get to play that one year when they he, he led them to a 12 and three record, and then t- hurt his ankle and didn't get to play in the playoff game. So I think he's very excited for this moment. Um, the Raiders are hot; they're winning four straight. Bengals are rested; they didn't play a lot of their guys last week, and if they did, they came out early. Uh, so that some people say that's a good thing. Some people say, "Hey, we got some rust. They could have some rust. Start off slow." Um, I mean, and it's been five and six years, respectively, since either team has been in the playoffs, and a hell of a long time since they've won a game. So, great! I think it's a great matchup. I think it's two fun teams to watch. A lot of throwing, a lot of yards. <laughs> Derek Carr and Joe Burrow both lots of yards. Joe Mixon lots of yards. Josh Jacobs lots. It's just going to be a very high energy offensive game. 
Uh, the Bengals, though, did dominate them in the last meeting they played. Yes. Back in Vegas. Um, and I, I'm very interested in the Mixon versus Jacobs battle because uh, both teams, when they get the run game going, that's when they're at their best. Um, but then there's also threats like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, who has just been unbelievable this year. PPR stud. Um, PPR, PPR stud. stud. He's one of the best route runners in, the, in football right now. He does his job. Uh, they're both really bad on third down, so uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, it's hard to beat a team twice, and I think the Raiders, their story lives on. 33-20, to 20, a victory for the Las Vegas Raiders. Whoa! I think 30, they the, they 30, 30 the or 33-30 or 20? 33-28. Oh, 28. I thought yeah, I not 20. Oh, God, not, I don't see a blowout. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to just come down to who's the most experienced team and who can win under pressure. And I think that's uh, not saying the Bengals can't win under pressure, but I'm saying the Raiders are just more experienced. I think Derek Carr, with the four overtime wins, with all of his game-winning drives the past X amount of years, I think that offense also is more veteran-based. Uh, Max Crosby on the D-line has been phenomenal. Darren Waller's back. Josh Jacobs is back. I think the Raiders win. I think they have a lot of fight in them with Rick Passaccio. And um, – yeah, so that's my prediction, 33-28 Raiders. I'm sure to hear yours now. So you – I'm just taking notes of this. You have the Raiders winning 33-28. Confirmed? Wow, you have mm-hmm. them covering and winning. Whew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I took them last week. I'm going to ride with them now, you know. I, Mariota, I, maybe – Mariota plays a lot. You know, I like I, – that's hey, it's something uh, fun for know, me. We, we know you're a Mariota stand. Good to, good to see him happy. He was – it didn't seem like he was happy in Tennessee with all the coaching changes. I'm happy for him, too. Now, okay – would I be mad if the Bengal if the Raiders won? No, I I love underdog stories, and if there was an underdog award of the year, the Raiders a hundred percent deserve it. But when I look at these two teams, when I you closely examine as amazing of a story the Raiders are, they got very lucky this year. I mean, they're four and zero in overtimes, and do I think next year that will happen again? I do not. The thing with Cincinnati, they have a, a, an advantage. Uh, they commit the fewest penalties in the league. And like I said earlier, Burrow was led the league in completion percentage, number two in passer rating. And here's what I understand, understand now about the Raiders. They've only scored 17 touchdowns in the past 10 weeks. And if you, as great as that game was, now it was the game, probably the game of the entire season, which was the last mm-hmm. week. Last week. Yeah. There was night. They were the Raiders defense was on the field for 92 plays and their pass rush has not lived up recently. And Max and they are gassed and they're and usually how it's a Monday game. Typically you fly in on a Saturday and then play on a Sunday or a Sunday to a Monday. They lost a day of travel and they had to immediately turn around and play the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals are well-rested, like a sort of mini buy. I think most of their starters sat, except for uh, Jamar when he broke. Yeah, but Jamar, he, he broke the record, then he yeah. went out. So, But, yeah, that, that was the reason. So, when I look at between the two of the defenses, Cincinnati's defense, although it's not great, they are better than the Vegas Raiders' defense. The running game, Josh Jacobs has had a little bit of a disappointment. Joe Mixon is not. Joe Mixon, we both concurred that if he didn't have – that unfortunate incident, he'd be a first-round pick. And as a steal, they got him at that pick. And Joe Burrow, my God, has been clutch. Like, he is this young 
to do what he's been doing has been great. And I knew Burrow would be good out of L- coming out of LSU. I underestimated the Bengals team because their weapons that they have are lethal in every way. And I, as great as Darren Waller is for the Raiders and as great as Hunter Renfro is, fantasy, um, and as good as they are, and I love Derek Carr, I think he should be the franchise quarterback. When I look at the two teams combined, the Bengals have a better roster, and they are at home. And I just think the Bengals just really are well-rested. The Raiders are still riding high after and pretty much exhausted after the year they've had. With And, I, again, I give them credit for battling into it, but I'm not going to take anything away from it. I'm happy that they're in it through what they, out they did. And Rich Pistachio deserves an extra year at least multiple years of that franchise. Screw getting Jim Harbaugh. He should be the head coach. I just think compared to these two rosters, the Cincinnati Bengals are a more well-balanced football team on both sides of the ball. And I think it's going to come down to the time of possession. And if they keep the Raiders defense on the field, I don't know if they're going to keep them on for 92 plays, (laughs) but they're going to keep them on for a long time. And they're going to eventually start to get gassed. And, the Bengals, they don't have a great defense, but Hendrickson can get after them, and Eli mm-hmm. Apple's pretty good. So I like the Cincinnati Bengals this game. I like them to win and to cover. I have a high-scoring game. I'm going to say 34-26 to 26 Cincinnati. So they cover by mm-hmm. two and a half points because the Bengals are okay. five and a half. Yeah, hey, I could see that too. I mean, it's, I think it's a very good matchup. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. It's two teams that are that didn't make the playoffs last year, so it's going to be two first time. Yeah, and so two two time two first time quarterbacks make or playing in the playoffs because Carr didn't play last time, and two first time head coaches. Cincinnati's at home in the Den. Uh, Raiders first time since they moved to Vegas, obviously. Um, and I mean, as much as we talk about the offense, I mean, Trey Hendrickson versus Max Crosby is going to be fun to watch. That will be fun to watch. Yeah, two guys who have just really emerged this year as as star level players. And as we move on, the later game tomorrow, the night oh. game, a good old-fashioned rivalry down there I'm in the AFC. I'm so excited. The Patriots at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to hear your thoughts on this. You're very high on the Patriots to towards the mid to late of the year. I want to hear where you're at now with this matchup. Do your job. Belichick, um, Brable's pro, um, Belichick's protege. Now getting to the Patriots – I was high on them. I I thought they'd be a, originally be a Super Bowl contender. I think that was maybe just emotional prisoner of the moment. I, I think they're a very good team. I don't know if they're – I don't think they're great. I still think they're a year away from getting back to that Super Bowl level. And here's the thing, what I love about, uh, about Coach Hoodie. Um, they, I feel like in this game, here's what I'm examining. Belichick is going to play chess – while Sean McDermott's going to play checkers. Belichick throughout his career against the Buffalo Bills, he's 19 and three, 19 and three against Buffalo on the road. So oh, those times and, he's got Brady though. Yes. But this year he won with Mac Jones on the road. Yeah. The Patriots have been better on the road this year. So here people are underestimating the fact, not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season too with NFLs, the weather factor is very, very important. The last time that the Patriots played at Buffalo, that was like a single-digit windshield game, and it was windy, and Mac Jones threw for three times. But it worked because they dominated the time of possession. 
because their running game, they have the number one rushing scoring Pete's offense in the league. They control the time possession and they were able to keep Josh Allen and company off the field. And when Josh Allen was on the field, they got after him and Josh Allen, his record against the new England against Belichick, he is three and four with a 57% completion percentage and only averaging six, 216 passing yards per game. It's going to be an ugly game. And I, and I looked at the temperature before the, the show, and I think it's going to be around single digits, around nine degrees. Mm-hmm. That's like the, so, high, the high is nine degrees, the low is one, so, and it's going to be later at the night. So. so it's going to be an ugly, windy game of how, and how Belichick loves it. And the last time these two teams played, because they played each other, um, I think, week 16, I believe it was, which they were at uh, Foxborough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, week 16. Yeah, yeah. At, 16. Yeah, at, at Foxborough. And Buffalo, what they did was they dominated the time of possession. And they, were, and, and they didn't punt one single time against the Patriots. And Josh Allen had his way. He had his best game ever against Belichick. 30, 47, 314 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Whoever wins this game is going to control the time of possession. Uh, the Buffalo Bills that game had 11 more minutes of the time possession more than the Patriots did. So that was in favor of Buffalo. Now, the key, the what's their Achilles heel? What's Buffalo's Achilles heel? It's the running game. They have little to no running game whatsoever. Um, I don't know why Zach Moss is in the doghouse, and I don't love, trust Devin Singletary, but I just don't trust their running game. Now, here's the, now Belichick is probably prepared this in advance after their game, their loss against the Bills, because I think deep down he knew that he would he there was a chance that they would see Buffalo again. So I think they're going to look at what happened last time and maybe flip around their defense, maybe go to a 3-4, and maybe not do the similar – do a similar game plan like they did the Monday night game, but except have Mac Jones throw more than three times because if they do the same – literally the exact same thing, Buffalo would, would destroy them. The, different, the key if the Patriots are going to win is if Mac Jones does not turn the ball over and if they dominate the time possession. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a windy game. I'm not going – I think this is one of my locks of the week is the Patriots plus four over Buffalo. I think they they know each other well. I look at the two rosters. There's no question Buffalo has a better roster. They have better receiving weapons. They have a – even though the Patriots have number one scoring defense, Buffalo, according to PFF, is ranked the number one defense in every single way. And it's funny. I saw a stat. They were ranked the number one defense, and nobody on the Buffalo's – Defense made the Pro Bowl. I don't know. Yeah, if you yeah. Um, they played so really been, well defensively against bad teams, but when they right. play good teams, they kind of get exposed. I think it will be very interesting. I think it's got to come down to a field goal, and I'm gonna say Buffalo ekes it out by a score of 20 to 18. Buffalo. It's gonna come down to a Tyler Bass field goal, and the win will be on his side, and they'll win. But would I be shocked if Coach Hoodie and the Pats won? I would not be. And I – this is one of my locks of the week, New England plus four, and I am going to end 20-18 to 18, Buffalo. All right. Um, so, I think we're going to agree on this one. I have Buffalo winning, but – and here's why. 
so they're one and one this year against each other, as you said. Uh, it is going to be like a, literally like a zero degree game for them out there too. Um, there's been some suggestions on how Josh Allen will cope with the weather. Um, don't know if he's going to necessarily listen to those, but I think the Bills, as of late, you say they don't have a run game. I agree, they haven't had a they haven't established a run game all year until the past couple weeks you saw against the Falcons when the passing game wasn't working when Jalen threw a few picks they just started fucking running the ball even with just Josh Allen Devin Singletary popped off Josh Allen started running it when Josh Allen uses his legs that's when he's the best because he's not just a drop back and throw guy he puts up the throwing stats he has a great arm he's phenomenal arm talent he's a phenomenal quarterback but he's also a big guy who can take hits and he's fast so he is just all around just such a good quarterback and in this weather I think that helps, that benefits him. I think they're going to learn from the tornado-like weather, the monsoon-type weather in week, I think, 14 against the Patriots at home when it was the field goal posts were blowing and everything. Uh, I think they're going to learn from that, and McDermott's a good enough coach to realize we can't throw the ball 30 fucking times when our quarterback – is struggling and the wind is blowing at a hundred fucking miles per hour and it's two degrees out. So I think he's going to learn from that. I think uh, Josh Allen's legs are going to be a huge X factor. I think the Patriots are going to try to run the ball. I think the bills are going to run it more than people think. I think if Diggs gets going, he gets going on JC Jackson. It's going to be a tough That's matchup be for the, the Patriots. Most looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing. Those, yep. That matchup and the J Ram and, Oh, I was going to say D-Hop, but he's not playing. But yeah, that's going to be – but, yeah. but mm-hmm. if D-Hop is playing, that would be my most anticipated mm-hmm. match. But this one, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, this one's yeah. a great matchup. And, I mean, the Patriots, let's put it this way, they've been really bad since that Bills loss. Or since, after that Bills win, that, that win against the Bills, yeah. they've kind of fallen off a cliff. They've lost to the Colts. They lost to the Bills. They lost to the Dolphins last week. I mean, they – be the Jags by like 50, but um, those losses are going to hurt them. And I think that's, we've kind of seen Mac Jones is stealing uh, as of now. He's a game, uh, man- better the, he's he's a game, game manager. manager. I think his ceiling is Matt Ryan where he has, where he's just a very good quarterback his career. And you can maybe have a long career because he's a good enough quarterback. And then maybe has like one spike year. Uh, but I think he's reached a ceiling. We've kind of seen his ceiling. We've seen his success and, the Patriots have kind of just been a fraudulent team all year long. And uh, Bills are going to adjust. Both teams know how to force turnovers. They both have 30 turnovers each. And I think the Bills just get one more turnover than the Patriots. They make the one more play defensively because Mac Jones makes that mistake. And when Mac Jones makes a mistake, the Patriots, it's hard for them to recover from it. When Josh Allen makes a mistake, he made three mistakes against the Falcons. They still won that game by double digits. So I think the Bills win this one pretty handedly, 23-13. to 13. I don't think the Patriots get much offense going, and I don't think they can score and to keep up with the Bills. And I don't think they're going to have an easy, as easy time playing the Bills this time rather than their last win because Josh Allen's legs will be fact will be a huge factor in this weather. So you have Bills like handily covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have them by ten. So here's I get your mindset. It's going to be a great game, though. It's it will. Be. I get your mindset before we. We move on. I get your mindset of them going with Devin Singletary, and that works because the Atlanta Falcons don't have, let's say, the best defense. 
But New England has the number one scoring defense. As much as people think they're fraudulent, their defense is not overrated. Like, they have a, gr- a really good front seven. Judon wreaks havoc. And Hightower and Van Noy, they are a really good front seven. And I think they're going to get after the – if once they do a similar thing, like you said, against the, what they did against the Falcons, what they're going to do now – I think that front seven is a lot better than Atlanta's front seven. So that's going to be the key. If Buffalo, if they can make key rushing plays, and if Josh Allen does not make the same mistakes he made Monday night. So that's the thing I'm very curious of. And the reason why I'm still going to pick Buffalo is because I do not trust a rookie in his first playoff game in the cold. So – but I, I, I respect your thought process. Yeah, and the Patriots' their defense, it's great, and that's the reason they're in the playoffs right now. I don't think they'd be in the playoffs if their defense was mediocre. But Matthew Judon and that front seven haven't been able to stop the run most of the year. This is a Patriots team. Usually you can't run the ball in the Patriots with Belichick's defenses, but this defense is a defense that the Titans put up 300 rushing yards on with Dante Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, or Dontrell Hilliard, uh, Matthew Judon's not a good run defender. He's actually a very bad run defender. That's why the Ravens fans, when he left, they thought, okay, we're fine. Uh, but he is a great pass rusher, but his run game, his run defense has not been great at all. He sells out on the edge and lets up those gap runs and he doesn't have great gap awareness. So um, if, and if they can't run the ball, Singletary, Josh Allen, he's just as good as Singletary running the ball because he can, move out of the pocket and he could throw if he wants to, or he can run and he can run you over in that zero degree weather. Cause trust me, no one wants to tackle a 250 pound man in January. Now, now let's get to this other game. It's uh, let's move on to Sunday's games. And you said you, you were texting me about this Eagles bucks matchup. And I, and you kept telling me Phillies don't sleep on Philly. They are, they're, they're, they're really good. They have a great rushing attack. They're a sleeper team. You're more sold on this Eagles team a little bit more than I am. Why is that? And uh, who do you have winning this one? Um, the reason I'm so high on this Eagles team is because they're playing the best football at the right time. Uh, that last game, I don't want to even, like, count it. Yeah, who cares about that game? They, the, the Cowboys played their whole, their whole starting lineup on offense, and it was just, like, weird why they were celebrating it as if they're, like, the best team ever. Like – they played against a bunch of Eagles backups, and the Cowboys just padded their stats and were trying to get better seating and respect it, but the Eagles were already locked in, so they didn't really try. Um, this is going to be a top-tier run defense versus a top-tier rush offense. Uh, I don't know the exact rank for the Bucks defense running-wise, rushing-wise, but that is their strength, and they're one of the – and it's no, their no, team no, that you say – one rushing defense in all football. Mm, yeah, so the Bucks, they're a team where you say – don't run on the Bucks. Their secondary has been banged up this year. Don't run on the Bucks. But you have the Eagles, who are a team where you're like, stop the run against the Eagles. They're the best. They have the number one rushing attack in the league. I'm not saying they're the best running back. They have Miles Sanders, but they have a great committee. And they have Jalen Hurts on his legs. It's very hard to contain him. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bucks can contain him. They do have Levante David and Jeff Barrett coming back. Leonard Fournette's coming back on the other side in the rush game. Uh, the Eagles, uh, they were. This is a concern for my part. On my part, they were 25th passing offense in the league, and when you have that on one end, and then Tom Brady on the other, you know who's going to win the air attack. Air, air attack. Uh, playoff Lenny's back. 
love that. I love Leonard Fournette. He was a huge part in their success last year. Um, Devontae Smith, he's been an absolute stud. Uh, kind of gone under the radar because Jalen Waddles had so many good games this year and so many receptions, and Jamar Chase has been Jamar Chase. But Devontae Smith has been everything they've hoped for out of college after his Heisman year, uh, almost breaking 1,000 yards on a team that's not very much pass-heavy. And he's made some fantastic catches. He's such a great route runner. Uh, going to be interesting to see if they can get him going in this game. Uh, and the Bucks, their weapons are banged up. They lost Chris Godwin for the year. They obviously lost AB. And Mike Evans just, it, it seems like right now is the time where he's kind of losing his uh, health. Like, not, I don't want to say losing his health, but he, yeah, no, but he did sit out a few plays last week. He did have that uh, minor tweak to his hamstring, it seemed like. Uh, and hamstrings are tough, just ask Titans fans. But uh, their weapons are banged up. Gronk looks like he's getting better right now. Uh, they're getting Leonard Fournette back, which is huge for Brady. His stats with Fournette this year have been astronomically better. Um, both teams, though, this is what I love about just January football, is the offensive line and defensive line play. I love watching the trenches. Uh, the Bucks have a great offensive line. They have a great defensive line. The Eagles, on the other hand, also have a great offensive line and a great defensive line. So it's going to be great to see the line play in this game. But I just think – and the Bucks secondary is a little shaky, but it shouldn't be a problem versus the Eagles because they don't have a great passing attack. So I think everything in this game is actually fairly even, except for the fact that one team has Tom Brady and one team has Jalen Hurts, who's, Hurts, who's been great. It's just he can't make the throwing plays that Tom Brady makes, and he makes a lot of mistakes throwing, especially in the red zone. So I think – and the Eagles, like you said to me over text and – I've seen everywhere they do struggle against winning teams and against playoff teams. Um, but a lot of that was earlier in the year when they uh, weren't as quote unquote good as a team and they didn't have, and Sirianni's getting wins under his belt and this team's wrapping up confidence. So I think the Bucks win this one 27 to 20. You have the Eagles um, covering by a point and a half. Yeah, I do have the Eagles wow, covering. That's um, a close cover. I mean, people, people think this is going to be a blowout. I think look at the game last year, the Bucks, the year they won the Super Bowl had a one-possession win against the Washington football team or 7-9 in the first round. Taylor Heineke almost beat them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this game. I'm going to have to miss the end of it because I do have a prep league basketball game at 3 o'clock. That sucks. That, so I kind of I kind of hope it's over by then, but, like, score-wise. But I do think it's going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. I think the Eagles do have a chance to actually win this game. I think this might be a game where Brady could lose this game. The Bucs could go out in the first round, but I do think they win 27-20. 27-20. 20, 27-20. Okay. Now, I respect your opinion. I really do. Uh, but, here is my, but here is my take on the whole Philadelphia Eagles thing. I'm going to be a little bit of a quote-unquote Larry David and curb this enthusiasm about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I was looking at their schedule, and I was just looking at their signature win they've had this year. Let's talk about – look over their wins. Uh, they beat the Falcons 32-6 to in week one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They beat the Carolina Panthers, who the team that was declining the entire season. Not – okay. Uh, they beat Denver. Oh, Denver, that's a powerful win. Their only win against a team that's above 500 – was the New Orleans Saints, and they were and they're out of the playoffs, and against <clears throat> sub five hundred teams, 
they were eight and one with their one loss, ironically, against the Giants. Against pretty good otherwise. Against teams with above 500 records or teams that are in the playoffs, they are one and one and what? what, what okay, they only had one win. I, I but know, well, they're zero two against the Cowboys. They lost to, they lost to the Packers, right? Did they they lost to the Packers. No, mm, I don't know. It's no, they didn't, they didn't play the Packers. They didn't play the Packers. They, they, but their losses. When I look at their losses, they lost to San Fran. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to Tampa, which is a week Thursday night game. They lost to Vegas, who's a playoff team. And they lost to the Chargers. They lost to uh, – they got destroyed by Dallas twice. The one of them I'm not going to count, but still. Uh, and their wins were against teams of below 500. So the point I'm trying to make is this. I am just not really sold on this on this Philadelphia Eagles team. Now, granted, their, their running game is very good. They've had the number one rushing attack the last couple of weeks. They've won seven of their last ten. But – Here's my thing with Tampa, and people know that I'm not the biggest Brady fan, but I think that he got a pretty favorable matchup that he should pretty much dominate. Now, I know the team is banged up, and I still question their fact to repeat because I don't think I just don't see it how them repeating because of the injuries. And even if they were healthy, it's hard to repeat regardless. It's nearly next to impossible to repeat in the NFL. So I think it's going to come down to this. If there, if Leonard Fournette is back and you said he's back and he's going to be at least say 85, 90% of Lombardi Lenny. If the defense can it not, you can't slow down the run the entire game, but manage the run. And if they get back, everyone back, if Shaq Barrett's at least 75%, if JPP is playing at still at a high level and who and the Philly defense could and do they have a pass rush that could get Tom Brady? No, they they cannot. And I know that Chris Godwin's hurt, and he is. You can make an argument who the better receiver between him and Mike Evans are is, but Chris Godwin is probably their most important receiver. I, I will give you that. He's led their entire team in targets the entire year, and without them, I don't really see them going far farther than they hope in the playoffs. But against an inexperienced quarterback and a team that's relatively young and a first-time head coach, I look at the team that's more well-experienced and more well-rounded. And I think Tom and company with the same rosters last year will realize that we cannot take these wild-card rounds lightly because, to your credit, like you said, Taylor Heineke had an unbelievable game. And Washington gave him a bit of a scare. And I was thinking, okay, they're in this game. For like three and a half quarters, they were in the entire game. I think they've learned their lesson. I think Tom is telling his team, let's not take our opponent lightly like we did last year because that was a scare. And I think that the, the, the Tampa Bay, after having – I know what they went through with the A-B saga, the still comeback, I know it was against the Jets. And they had – I know it was against the Panthers and Sam Darnold. But still, they had a very impressive last week. They were clicking on all cylinders. And when 87 – is right. I'm talking about mentally and physically right. The GOAT tight end. They are a still very tough team to beat. 
Do I think they'll win the Super Bowl again? No, because the injuries will eventually take a toll on them. But do I think they can then – but am I, am I going to bet against Tom Brady in a wild card round against a second-year uh, quarterback and a young team that's one win was against – uh, that was against a team that was above 500 was against the new Orleans saints that don't have a quarterback. No, I don't think Tom Brady should be concerned. And this is the rare time I am actually defending Tom Brady. I think Philly will keep it close for two and a half quarters because they're running attack. And I respect Jalen hurts, but in the end, I think Tampa Bay will take over and win this one. And I think they're going to start clicking in this game. I have them covering and winning. I'm going to say Tampa top of Bay Wins this one 30, 31, 20 bucks. It's fair. It's fair. Um, yeah, I, I respect you. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people, I, I, the thing I looked at it and I was like the eight and a half, like Vegas is just begging for us to bet on Brady. They're going to, they're, they're not going to cover. I'm telling you, Brady's not going to cover this game. He doesn't, he hasn't covered a lot of primetime games with the Bucks. I'm telling you, he's covered like one. Well, he did against my Chicago Bears, but, but that's a whole – No, game. he didn't cover that game. 31-3. No, I'm saying primetime. Well, he lost to Nick Foles. Sort of primetime, CBS and – okay. Well, but, no, like night games. Like. Okay, well, well, uh, it's playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I, I it, like – I don't bet – I'm not going to bet against playoff Brady for at least this round. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, I would – the only time I'd bet against him – or the only time, the only time I see, I, the only team I can see beating them in the playoffs, or not, that I think will beat them in the playoffs, is the Packers. Respect. In the NFC. Okay. I think the Rams are third, though. I think the Cowboys are fourth, and Cardinals, or then 49ers, I give a better chance than the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the next game, now this one. I mean, take me back to the 90s. 49ers, Cowboys, one of the greatest rivalries of all time. The greatest rivalry. Like, out of division, probably the greatest rivalry. They they are the best rivalry ever. This is what football lovers like Mm -hmm. us love about this rivalry. Because the Niners in the 80s were loaded with Joe Joe Cool, Joe Montana, and – and Jerry Rice and, and Dwight Clark and those guys. And Dion was one time a 49er. And then after that, you have Steve Young carrying the next generation, getting the monkey off his back. And then the Cowboys, which no one expected to, came in and won and broke up uh, the, the dynasty of the 49ers. So this is the best out-of-division rivalry I can think of right now. And I also really like the um, – I think your the Ravens t- and Titans rivalry is pretty good right now too. Oh so, yeah, so. I mean they've they've met so many times in the playoffs too. No, and the Ravens think, were good this year. I was I like, think, I was I've expecting them to be in the playoffs. Now, now let's uh now about this game. This is very this is this is the the matchup that everyone's going to be paying attention to. Now I'm sure now if there's any one game that everyone's going to focus on, is this game for sure. I mean. It definitely is. It's the primetime game. I know people are going to be excited about the Monday night game in Hollywood, the Rams-Cardinals game, which we'll talk about a little later. But this is the game that everyone is going to be focused on, is the um, is the Niners and the Cowboys game. Okay, here's my take on this on this game, Mr. Goodhart. Uh, 
you have been high. You, we both have had our consensus about the Cowboys is that they're a good team, but I don't think they're a championship team. We both don't think they're a championship team. When I look at the Dallas Cowboys and why I really just don't trust them, it's not because I listen to Skip Bayless uh, parade as Dallas Cowboys every day and undisputed. It's because, truthfully, I really just don't trust them. And talking about the Cowboys, they are one in five when held under 100 plus rushing yards, and they haven't won a game when they've thrown the ball more, when they pass the ball more than they rush the ball. And they are six and zero against the NFC East, the NFC least, which people used to joke about. That's okay. But they're not the NFC least anymore, though. You can't say that. They have a, they have a playoff. NFC they have least two. And NFC least half. And the NFC the half. NFC North is worse. Half NFC least. I just said half because two it's of them. The NFC are at this point. Half okay, but they're and they're six and five against everybody else. Yes, they, they, they can beat up on some – the Dallas Cowboys can really run it against staff teams. And I see that they're the number one total offense and they're number one in takeaways. And Micah Parsons is a stud on defense. We know that CeeDee Lamb's great on offense. We get all these things. But when I really look at it, when I their only quote-unquote signature win was against the Patriots, and we both concurred that the Patriots are a good but not great team. When I look at some of their losses this year, like they lost to Denver badly. They got blown off the field. They lost to the Chiefs. They only scored nine points. That Thanksgiving game against the Las Vegas Raiders, they got embarrassed. Uh, they lost to the Cardinals, and they got and the Cardinals dominated the time of possession. And, and when I look at some of their wins they've had, I mean, 43-3 over the Atlanta Falcons, really – the New Orleans Saints without a quarterback, really. Uh, the NFC, uh, two teams in the NFC East that are not respectable. I'll give you that. The Giants and the Washington football team, really. And the Eagles, they did beat the Eagles twice. Um, but when I really look at it, the week three, that was when the Eagles, we didn't know what they were. And they blew them out 41-21 Monday night. And the game against the Eagles recently, that, that game, we both concur that game doesn't count Be, um, because that they the, the Cowboys played all their starters, um, and, and that game was not that great. So when I really look at it with this 49ers team, they've enticed me. Three of their last four games, uh, they have had at least 150 rushing yards. And I look at love this Niners team. Debo Samuel is the best multidimensional player in football. He can rush, he can catch, and he can even throw. The man threw a touchdown last week. He's like Cordell Patterson, but elite. He's Cordell Patterson, <laughs> but better. And the Niners utilize him better than the Falcons do. The Niners led the league in one of my favorite stats, in yards per play. Jimmy G, I know people are – are, are hating on Jimmy G, but did you know, Jordan, that he's one of the more top five clutch passers in all of football and that in the last cut in the last couple of years and that drive, clutch against the Titans. and that drive he had against the Rams was amazing with a broke with a bad thumb and all with zero timeouts left to do what he did. That shows you, okay, I still, I, I'm still the quarterback of this team, the Trey Lance. 
And this Niners team, I'm telling you, they are very, very dangerous. Debo Samuel can get whatever he wants. Their running game is very good. And if Jimmy G can limit their turnovers, they are very tough to beat. And they dominate time of possession. And Kyle Shanahan is going to have his team dominate time of possession. They're going to design a game plan to keep Dallas on the field. And here's my biggest thing. On defensive end, I didn't, I didn't talk about the Niners' defense. Their front seven is legit, Jordan, with Fred Werner and Bosa and Armstead. They can get after the O-line. Because Dallas O-line has not been the same. They haven't been the same O-line. They're banged up. And I'm a little concerned about the Niners' secondary, though. I don't trust their secondary. But if they can gain pressure – and and build a block, build up a box for Zeke Elliott and uh, and Pollard, and if de- they can force Dak Prescott into tough throws, and if the Niners can dominate the time of possession, then I feel good about the Niners. In fact, this is my this is my quote unquote upset of the week. So I'm gonna take the San Francisco 49ers to win this game. And it's going to come down to uh, my former Bear, Robbie Gold, field goal. And I think they're going to win by two. 30 to 28, San Fran. Book it. Going to win by two. Okay. Um, I am also very interested in this game. I'm going to be – this is probably the most – this is my the most enticing game to me. Yeah. All, all, most of the games are great, but this one is just amazing. Uh, Dak versus Jimmy. I mean, two quarterbacks that have taken a lot of shit this year. Yeah. Both played. Both have played really well at times. Both have been really bad at times. Jimmy. Both got a lot of pressure on them too. Dak just signed his mega contract. Jimmy G has Trey Lance sitting there waiting to come in. He, next he's, year. he's handled so, this very well. He's handled this very well. And, and, yeah, I mean, because Jimmy's not like a. He's not like he's never. He hasn't been a starter his whole career. You know, he's been a starter for what three or four years. Like he's, he's not like a egotistical guy. No. So. Uh, the 49ers, they barely made it like uh, halfway through the game. No one thought they were going to make the playoffs last week. Uh, even my dad, I was telling him, I was, he was like, so what are the playoff scenarios? And I was reading them off to him. So the Niners get in if they win. And he's like, well, so they're out because they're not going to win. They're down 17 nothing. I'm like, it's not. It's the second quarter. Let's calm down, all right? Uh, ever since Sean McVay ran into the end zone, we blew that game. But uh, the 49ers. I can't, I can't defend they, that. <laughs> 49ers, they stopped the run very well. But one thing they haven't been able to stop is the passing game. Uh, you saw in the Titans game, once the Titans actually started airing out the ball, getting the ball to their best player, A.J. Brown, they were unstoppable. And it was basically because the Niners' secondary is bad. Josh Norman sucks. Um, but And the Cowboys' defense, on the other hand, they can they let up a lot of yards, which is a key thing. But they can get pressure with DeMarcus Lawrence and force turnovers. So yeah, they just, can just get that one, turnover out of Jimmy, that big it. sack on Jimmy. And they can just confuse Jimmy. And just you saw the times they got those couple takeaways and they forced Jimmy to make some errant throws. I think the Cowboys need to be able to do that. And Debo and the Niners are unbelievable yard after, yard after catch receivers. And yeah. the Cowboys defense, yes. Yak receivers and the Cowboys DBs are horrible Yak defenders. <laughs> let, let me read you. Let me let me just read you some stats. Um, 
The yards after catch allowed cornerbacks in 2021. Number three, Trayvon Diggs, 425 yards after the catch. Number seven, Jordan Lewis, 326 yards after the catch. Number 13, Anthony Brown, 300 yards after the catch. Cowboys DBs in total, those are three of them, have given up 1,051 yards after the catch this season, which is absurd. They can't tackle in the secondary. That is what worries me. That is a flaw, a huge flaw about Trayvon Diggs. He's a hit or miss guy. Uh, but Dallas, I'll give him this. When he hits, when he hits. He hits. Oh, when he, he hits. He I hits. mean, he, he's led league interceptions. He's he's unbelievable when he's when he's right. When he's wrong, he commits too many dumb penalties, and he's when he and he can let receivers go by. I mean, he can't be always focused. Yeah, he's, and um, one thing going in this game that I want to say is Dallas is a much better coached team than the 49ers. You mean the opposite? No. The Cowboys. What? It's not all about the head coach. Look at their coordinators. They have two coordinators who are going to be head coaches next year. They have three head coaches coaching their team right now. And Kyle Shanahan is very overrated, in my opinion. I think Kyle Shanahan blows a lot of games. Uh, He blew the two Super Bowls. But um, And Cowboys are fueled right now. I'm telling you. They're going to be smashing watermelons tomorrow. Uh, they ready, getting ready for the game Sunday. They're going to be smashing fucking pumpkins. Coach McCarthy is going to get them fired up. Dan Quinn scheming up. Kyle, Kellen Moore scheming up. They're fueled by everyone taking the Niners. They, they're honestly, the seems you'd think the Cowboys were 10-point underdogs the way everyone's talking about this game. Uh, don't shy from the run if you're the Cowboys, but don't do it if it's not working. Expose this 49er secondary, and the Cowboys will win 27 to 24. That's my prediction. So, so you have it as a push. Yeah, I guess if it's three points, then yes. You push, so that's a push. Yeah. Um, before we get to the next topic, um, Zach Levine just walked off under his own power to the locker room with the oh, assistant no. trainer. That's all I gotta oh, say. They're playing. Yeah. The, they're playing that- in the Warriors on ESPN right now. Don't I, I obviously didn't see it. I don't have a TV in front of me right now, but I was watching the GameCast and got a tweet from KC Johnson, and it says Zach Levine walked over, walked off under own power to the locker room. Levine, yeah, and Levine is in the locker room, and I was in. Golden State leads sixteen to twelve halfway through the first. Uh, we, by the way, Bulls badly need Caruso back for the defense. I'm telling you, our defense has been very bad lately. But back to football. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on this next game. I mean, it's. It's not a game we need to talk about much. Uh, oh, Steelers, no, Chiefs. It's not. I mean, it, it's not, and it is because I do, because I do respect a, a good amount about Pittsburgh. I really do. I don't respect a lot of their antics. I don't respect a lot of their young receivers. I think they're stupid, but I respect. I respect their head coach. And I said, there's now four coaches. I was going to say Frank Reich, but I, 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 I'm <laughs> off the Colts, but, but totally. You got to climb the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> the corniest shit ever, bro. Fuck but there are here. four, there are, in all seriousness, there are four coaches I would suit up and play for. If I had a pad and sh- helmet and pads right now, if I could choose four coaches, I'd suit up and play for. It'd be your coach, it'd be Coach Hoodie, it'd be McVay, and it would be Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is a leader of men and they, I see what big Ben was doing and what you saw, what he said, right? You, you read what he said. He said, 
we're pro- we're out of fourteen teams playing in the playoffs right now. We're probably the worst team. Yeah, we're <laughs> probably <you> are, Ben. <laughs> we're probably twenty point underdogs right now. I see what he's doing. They are playing with house money because all the pressure is on the Chiefs, Jordan. There's no zero pressure on the Steelers because no one expects the Steelers to win. They are playing with house money. And I think Mike Tomlin, being the great coach he is, he's never had one losing season with Pittsburgh. I mean, that, that, that's like a Hall of Fame coach worthy. He is a leader of men. I love Mike Tomlin. I really do. And I think that even though this defense isn't the same, TJ Watt, oh, my God. He's the, we should just give him the defense. Oh, dude, he played like 12 games and had the sack record. Yeah, the sack record in 12 games. People are like, oh, they had the 18 weeks. He did it in 12 games. And I think, and I think the Steelers were a great story in self, like on the field with Big Ben having his last go around and them eat, winning, eking it out. But when you really look at the Steelers, though, um, they're not really they're not they're nothing special when you really look at them. I mean, Big Ben, I've seen him. We watch him all the time this year. He doesn't have the same velocity like he used to. He's not mm-hmm. that guy like mm-hmm. he once was. He throws it like Philip Rivers did his his last year. Like <laughs> you see what he did. Yeah. But when I look at Big Ben Roethlisberger's past games, as good as their defense can't play, I, I just don't trust their offensive line. Big Ben does not have a good offensive line. And Najee Harris, as talented of a running back he is, he is a great running back. He is not – he, unfortunately, is burdened with a bad offensive line. Big Ben, his last, um, his last uh, three games against the Chiefs, when they played each other a couple weeks ago, they got blown off the field. 23 of 35, 159 yards. Against the Browns, that his final game at Pittsburgh, 24-46, 123 yards on 46 pass attempts. Are you kidding me? He had a worse QBR than Baker Mayfield. And against the Ravens, <laughs> 30-44, 244, one touchdown, one pick. So he's not the same like he once was. Now, granted, he is a battle veteran. He is going to try to leave it all out on the tank. Uh, everything out the tank. And I think the Steelers will make things close a little bit early on. But when I look at the two, this is probably Patrick Mahomes' best defense he's ever had out of all his time with Kansas City. He is played like the old Patrick Mahomes, even though their offense hasn't clicked a lot from early in the year. How everyone thought the sky was falling after your Titans blow to, blew them out 27-3. They have been – Completely different since then. They've gone on a roll. And as usual, the media, when a, when a big brand struggles like this, they tend to overreact, and they eventually got it together. And Travis Kelsey started to be Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill started to be Tyreek Hill. Their running game has been a lot better. Their defense has been one of the, in the back half, one of the five best defenses in all of football. They are a better roster. I respect the Steelers for wanting to go in with a nothing-to-lose approach. I respect Mike Tomlin a lot. I respect him in a sense where I think they'll cover. I will give them – they will cover this game. But when oh, I really yeah. look at the two teams, there's really no comparison because the Steelers are a better – the Chiefs are a better team in almost every way. And 
I just do not trust Big Ben his final game to win me a ball game. And I think the Chiefs will handily win this one. Not cover. I think the Steelers could give him a little bit of fits. But in the end, I just don't trust Big Ben in that offense. And I'm going to say that they keep it close for a little, the Steelers do. But I'm going to say the Chiefs hold on and win this one. And I'm going to – and let me just look at the spread of this game. It's the Sunday night game. It's Chiefs minus 12 and a half. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say this, the Chiefs win this one 20, 27-17, Kansas, Kansas City. Okay. Um, I'm not going to talk as much about it because this game is probably the least. But I think Steelers will cover. Uh, yeah, this game is the least interesting to me because the Steelers suck. <laughs> they're, actually, they're actually, like, horrible. Like, they're worse than, like, four teams that didn't make the playoffs. Titans lost to them, but that was without. Yeah, uh, I think the Chargers and the Colts were the best teams to not make the playoffs. I know you hate the Colts, but they are a good team. They just didn't make the playoffs because their quarterback is a give it to them guy. Is, is a oh, dog shit. They're overrated. Um, but the Chiefs, the last time they met with the Steelers, beat them by like fucking like 85. I didn't even watch the game. Like 36 10 Kansas City. Yeah, like literally they won by 47 5, 47 fucking points. But, um, Big Ben's uh, – it's it's his last game. Let's put it how it is. Uh, Big Ben said I, – I mean, I know you're saying, like, they're playing with house money. They're just kind of, like, kind of just trying to put all the pressure on Kansas City by saying, like, they realize they have no chance. I think Ben's, like, legitimately being honest here because I don't think Ben gives a fuck. Like, I don't think he's gave, like, much of a fuck all year. You think he, you think he was just happy just to be in the playoffs for his last yeah, year? I mean, I mean, I honestly just think he's – I think he's just happy to be done with his career. He's, the past <laughs> looks like he's been miserable, uh, but guess what? Juju's back! Oh my God, they're gonna be so good. No, it's I'm I'm not buying into the fact that Juju's gonna. Lift but you know what though? Off. They can do TikTok. Hey, they're gonna do TikTok. Juju, Juju revenge game. He almost went to the Chiefs this off season, but the Steelers brought him back. I don't know. worst decision Juju's left. By the way, um, but the Chiefs defense has been slacking lately, as good as they as good as they've been this year. But they made the play to win it last week. That fumble recovery touchdown while we were filming the pod. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Um, uh, the Chiefs offense, uh, they're just too much to keep up with. Uh, I don't see this being much different. Chiefs win this one 34-13 in a route. You uh, have this game. easily, easily. It's one of those games. It's one of those playoff games where you can just kind of turn it off. Uh, obviously not going to, but, like, if you need to do something, you need to get work done, do it Sunday night. Minus 12 and a half. Okay. Now, okay. Now we get into the big one. And for my future Super Bowl pick, I have to wait till Monday night to watch this game. Uh, I'm excited and I'm like antsy because I just want this to get over with. He, look, so this is the – this is we talked about the, the Bills-Pats being a division rival. This is a great division rivalry. The Cardinals and the Rams, Monday night – my future Super Bowl pick, L.A. Rams, I guess a third-year star, Kyler Murray. And uh, who wins and why? And what are your expectations for this game? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my expectations are an exciting game because both teams have really good offenses and defenses that are not good recently. Um, the Cardinals, they are limping into the playoffs. That's yeah. the best way to put it. You know, you see teams that have kind of already locked up a playoff spot going the last five games and they kind of – go like 
three and two when they're limping in. No, the Cardinals are one and fucking four in their last five games. That's against the, that, that's against the Lions in that span too. They played the Lions. They played. The you know what's Seahawks. weird about them? What's weird about them is they have a great road record. They're like the best road team in the league. They're eight and one. Their one loss being to Detroit, ironically. But they're four and like six at home. Like that's shocking to me. Yeah. Um, so, J.J. Watt, positive practice today. Is he going to come back? I don't know. That he, does make a big, doesn't make he has a, much of a difference at this stage. I think he does. I think he does. I think the defense got worse when he went out. Mm-hmm. I think he opens up more of a pass rush for guys like Wheaton and guys like Chandler Jones and guys. And it, and it makes Stafford uncomfortable because Stafford sucks and he's going to throw a lot of interceptions because he's a fucking he sucks. No, he doesn't suck. But he does throw a lot of interceptions. He's 0-3 in the playoffs. He's been bad in the playoffs. As, as bad as those Lions teams were, he was part of that. He was bad in the playoffs, um, even with Calvin Johnson. And it's their third meeting of the year. So both teams got a lot of tape on each other. They know they know each other's games. Uh, it's going to be in beautiful SoFi Stadium, home of the Super Bowl, where we will watch the Tennessee Titans defeat the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but both teams have very good and explosive offenses but one of them is missing DeAndre Hopkins, and one of them has a midget at quarterback who fucking <laughs> no, no, Kyler Murray. Here's the thing about Kyler Murray. I I don't want to hate on Kyler Murray. Man. He's a good guy. He's a pretty solid quarterback. He's fun to watch. But something that I've come to the consensus of is that Kyler Murray is overrated. He is not that good. All right? He – Watch his games the past five games. It's the same thing the past two years. He gets so bad in the second half of the year because he gets banged up because he's 5-2 and he can't take hits and then he can't throw over people. He gets, he gets batted down every fucking play. And there's some throws that he just can't make. He has a great deep ball because he just throws it like from such a launch angle so low. Like when, when baseball players swing in the dirt and launch one really high in the air, that's kind of what he does. And he drops right in the bucket, but he doesn't have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins to catch it for him. So – don't want to hit on Kyler too much, but I don't think he's winning this playoff game because he's just worse than Stafford, and Stafford's more experienced. And Stafford's six four. I'll say this is, about and Kyler. Kyler's five two. I know, I'll say this about Kyler. I know. I will say this though. He is a really good quarterback. He might be overrated, but he is a I don't very. Think he's good. a winner. I just don't think he's a winner. He's one of those guys where I just look at him. I'm like, he's fun. He's he, fun. He could be, all, he could be a pro bowl all he wants. And I am not rooting for the Cardinals, but I will give this as his third year and. He has a higher ceiling right now, obviously, than Matthew Stafford does. But from the floor level, like on the ground out lobby floor, Matthew Stafford right now is a much better quarterback than Kyler Murray is. Hey, but Kyler Murray, it's third year. He can he can improve his skill, but he can't improve his height. He's 20-whatever. He's not you, you, you're, a, you're a hater. I'm not a hater. I actually love Kyler, and I loved him until the past five games when he sucked, like, as a player. Like, early um, on this year, he was, like, he was like an MVP favorite early on. Yeah, he was, like, an MVP favorite, like, last year through five games, too. Um, the Rams have so many playmakers on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're, as bad as their defense has been, they still have Jalen Ramsey. They still have Aaron Donald. They still have Von Miller, who's been better in the past few weeks. They have Leonard Floyd. They have – uh, the worst David Long Jr. Titans have a better David Long Jr. Um, but the Rams. Here's the thing about the Rams. They have okay. I'm, super, I'm they have, they have about as close to a super team as you can get in the NFL. <laughs> but in the NFL, guess what? It doesn't work like that. All right, you don't just build super teams in the NFL. All 
right? It's about the, who's the more physical team, who's the more well-coached team, who has the most, who, who, who makes the least mistakes. Stafford makes a lot of mistakes. And it's been something concerning. He started off the year very well. He was a lot of people's MVP picks. He threw for a lot of yards. He's Matthew Stafford. He's better than Jared Goff. They're going to win this game. They're going to make Kyler uncomfortable. As much as I hate it, I want to take the Cardinals so badly because I fucking don't want the Rams. I I, I just don't want you to think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl after they beat the Cardinals this week. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not. They're going to win 24-20. They're going to win 24-20. to 20. So you, uh, you have it as a push. I, I, yeah, I don't like either of these teams, really. Like, I don't think either of them are contenders. I wouldn't honestly be surprised if the Rams turn it around, but with the way Stafford's been playing, if he plays like he's been playing and the defense is just as bad as they've been, they're not winning the Super Bowl against a team like the Packers, who they literally, like, got babied against when they went to Lambeau last time. But then a team like the Bucs, who Tom Brady can just manipulate that defense, and they have such a good defense to where they can get pressure on Matthew Stafford and force turnovers. Um, yeah, this game is going to be – should be a fun game, I hope. Uh, but I actually – I honestly would not be surprised if the Rams just blew them out. Like, I don't see the Cardinals winning this game. Okay. All. all right. Kyler's right. not winning a playoff game this year. You done? No. Uh, Kyler <laughs> – Real quick, I want to get to my take. Go ahead. No, I was totally joking. I'm, I'm dumb. Okay. I'm just going to cry here about Zach Levine. Okay. Okay, good. Finally. Now let me talk about my Super Bowl pick, L.A. Rams. I will be honest with you. Wait, are they your Super Bowl pick? Well, let's get to it. Now, I said if they, that this team, would, would, with, with the moves they made, I said this last year that with the weapons they had, the defense they had, and the weapons on offense besides the quarterback they had, I said last year they were a quarterback away from getting them to the next level. Now, when I asked you this, when I did a poll on Twitter, when I was going through it, in the, in the, of all the quarterbacks in the playoffs right now, not just in the wild card, but all the playoffs, which quarterback is under the most pressure? It's pretty obvious it's Matthew Stafford because the Rams mortgaged. They have no more first-round picks within the next couple of years. You know that, right? They mortgaged their future on Matthew Stafford. They are at the blackjack table, and they are throwing, going all in for this one hand. This is the year to do it. This is the, the Super Bowl is in Hollywood. They see this as an opportunity with a new quarterback. And the fact is they met up each other. It's Cabo St. Lucas. You heard that story with Stafford and McVay meeting each other in Cabo. And and this seemed like, okay, Sean McVay said, I want this guy. And then what else did they do? They went all in even more. They got OBJ for who signed after game released by the Browns. They got Vaughn. They traded two second-round picks for Vaughn Miller. They have all these big-name stars that I think could that are all in. And it's J-Ram, A.D., Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Vaughn. And on the offensive side, you still have Stafford. I know Robert Woods is out for the year. 
torn ACL. I'm going to knock on wood for him. But you still have Cooper Cup, who broke every – who's a triple crown winner. He's an absolute stud in every single way possible. No doubt about it. And then you have – you still have Van Jefferson, who's a nice emerging young star at Van Jefferson. You have Cam Akers back. You have still have OBJ, and even though I'm not the biggest OBJ fan, you know he's played very well for these games that he's played, and I hope he does well with the Rams. They are all in. They really are. And Sean McVay, I know he's an acquired taste for NFL coaches. I love Sean McVay. He's one of the coaches I would have a hat, pad and helmets for and go up to him because he's sort of close to my age. He's like 34, 35. I'm 24. He's a guy I just love to be with. He's a motivator. He is a guy that in the locker room, he fires everyone up. They now, too much sometimes. Here's the thing. Run into the end zone. Here, here's the thing about, about the Rams. They start off 7-1, and one, and then Stafford was early on. He was MVP candidate early on. When he is right, when he's really right, they are a tough team to beat in every single way possible. But at, but then they went on a down skid. The, your Titans came in without Derrick Henry, and everyone thought the season was over for you. And then Matthew Stafford threw nearly two pick sixes. And Stafford has by far thrown the most pick sixes out of any quarterback in the league, which is a definite big concern. And then they got blown out the Monday night game at San Francisco, Odell's first games. And the, and we know the Niners have owned the Rams the last couple of years. They won six straight. And Kyle Shanahan, we all know, is a better coach than Sean McVay. And that's, 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 that's that. And then we do know that the, that the Rams at Green Bay, they struggled. And it was the same story. And I was very disappointed in that. Then they went on a roll. Okay, they won five in a row. They dominated Kyler and company that Monday night game a couple weeks ago, and they they are looking good. But then that unfortunate game that I simply cannot defend whatsoever against the Niners, they were up 17-0 at half, and they blew it. Their defense got tired, and there's no excuse for that. And Stafford – Thank God for the Cardinals being asked because they could have lost that division. And right. An away game. And they – just fell apart and and I am just not confident like I was a couple weeks ago I can't abandon the Rams because I'm all in on them but if I didn't have any money on the Rams I would not be betting a nickel on this run they're about to have because I will say this I this is a divisional game and the Arizona Cardinals are, are I'm going to give them a little bit more respect for them than you are because they still have some good Kyler. They still have James Conner. They still have Edmonds and they still have a decent defense. And as much as you can just say that, that they are a great, that they are a overrated team, they're eight and one on the road. And that's still very impressive. They are a good football team. They I hope are, they win. They I are. I got them wrong. They, they, they are a team that's on the rise right now. The Arizona Cardinals are, and and Stafford. I will say this: he's never been under the biggest spotlight of his entire NFL career. Because if he was doing this in Detroit, if he lost a game in Detroit, you think we would care? No, because it's Detroit. No one cares about Detroit. 
I this love Detroit. Out- I love MCDC, Motor City, Dan Campbell. This, I'm a huge fan of them. I meant like the city in, in general, but, but the point oh, I'm trying South. to make, the, oh yeah, the, the point I'm trying to make about the Rams is this. The, about, about, uh, Stafford is in the biggest spotlight in Hollywood. He, they mortgage their future on him. This is the bit most pressure he's ever going to have his entire life. Bigger in college, bigger with the Lions. This is the biggest spotlight he's going to be under. And well, you're this, hoping to be in a few weeks in the Super Bowl. The defense, I'm talking about right now at this moment. This defense, I who I praised, and I love Jay Ram. I love Aaron Donald. I love them. They've been a very much a disappointment. And they have been a disappointment that I am not so confident about. Assuming they advance, which I expect them to do, I'm a little concerned about them going forward. I'm not going to lie. The key to this game is this. Why I think the Rams will barely cover. and I, Because I do respect the Cardinals. When I look at the, the about at the Arizona about Kyla Murray's career against the LA Rams, you know how the Rams own the Cardinals. That's plain and simple. I don't trust Kyla Murray one bit because he is one in five against the Los Angeles Rams with seven touchdowns to nine turnovers and a fifty-seven percent completion percentage. That's not going to get it done. I don't trust even Arizona's defense either with J.J. Watt coming back. They haven't really been that great despite an 8-1 and one road record. They allow six yards of play surrender the last five games. The Rams, this is one of the stats that you think they're overrated, and I think I should be hyping them up. But when they're right, they are really right. Ten of their 12 wins this year were by seven or more. So when they can get mostly get a lead, with the exception of last week, and when Stafford's right, they are really right. And they, when they when Cam Akers gets to let's say eighty percent, they're a very tough team to beat. This will be a very interesting game. This game, I still think the Rams are a much better team than the Cardinals, and I expect them to beat the Arizona Cardinals. And I think if they just need a win just to boost their confidence, assuming they win and when we advance to the later rounds. So I'm going to take the Rams to win, and I'm going to say they win by score. I'm going to say they, I'm going to say they cover and win 30-23, L.A. Okay. Uh, well, that wraps up our wild card round preview. I have, it, I have next week's matchups being the Titans-Raiders, Chiefs-Bills, Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, and wow, Chiefs, Bills. That's gonna be a great game. These are my these are my um, matchups. Um, for I'm so I'm gonna have the so I'm going to say Chiefs, Bengals. That's all. Titans, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, and that for the NFC, and for the AFC. I'm sorry, that was the AFC. sorry, AFC. For the NFC, I'm going to have the. Packers and the Niners and the Bucks and the Rams. Bucks Rams, uh, it's gonna be a good game. We saw that earlier in the year. We did see it earlier. That that yeah. that this Packers Niners will be good too if that happens. 
the pet that's another great out of uh, out of division rivalry the Niners Packers because the Niners in the playoffs have historically owned the Packers you, you saw what they did like with Colin Kaepernick versus Aaron Rodgers Kaepernick owned Aaron Rodgers those times yeah uh, I, I don't think Jimmy have yeah Jimmy G and Rodgers have played right I mean, Jimmy G I I'm not the biggest I, I I don't think he's a great quarterback but in pressure situations, I don't think he's as terrible as a lot of people think. I think he's really good in clutch situations, actually. He's pretty shit against the Titans in clutch situations. We don't care about the just the Titans. <laughs> All right. Well, thank he's you guys. pretty shit against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Well, thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Off the Dome Pod. Jay Goody, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go cry about the Bulls because they can't win in primetime ever. So, sucks. Have a good night, everyone. Enjoy your Friday. Get ready for the weekend and go get them.